Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 734 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. Super special edition. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined today. This is a this is a record show. I think we have five total Hodge trophies on the show, not counting JD yes. and I's. Uh, we've got we got Ben Askren, JD Raider, and Kyle Dake, David Taylor hopping on. Uh, first off, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you guys, and really appreciate you guys coming on. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. <clears throat> Absolutely. So the reason you guys are on uh, recently came out. You guys started or are a part of an organization called Athletes for for Medical Freedom, um, and we can get into what that is all about. But first, Kyle, can you talk a little bit about how this was formed and why? So when we were in uh, Oslo, we got an email leading into before we left. It was like the day before or the day we were leaving New York City, and it was like, "Hey, there's going to be this new policy where everyone's forced to be vaccinated." And I was like, oh, geez, this is a big problem um, for me specifically because I had a medical condition or have a medical condition. Um, I had heart surgery in 2014. So for me, it was like a big problem. So I was like, well, you know, I probably will be able to get a medical exemption. Um, I also had a couple other th- things that go on that make it tough for me to, to get that. So talk to my doctor and, and try to figure it out um, in the past. Cause I thought it might come down the pipe. And uh, so we, I ended up sending a letter. Dave and I were, were roommates over there. So we were um, kind of talking about the whole, the way it was coming down. And we realized that it was just like important for us to focus on the world championships because it was less than seven days away. So we ended up kind of shelving it, but we, we did send a, a letter to the leadership at the USOPC and um kind of ran it ran it down that line um and then what we what we found was for the olympic games in beijing um you know everyone was telling us oh we're gonna have exemptions it'll be it'll be fine don't worry about it and come to find out that in beijing there's no religious exemptions whatsoever not to mention some of the the people in the organization applied for religious exemptions they got denied and we just recently, uh, maybe a month ago, uh, got notified that well, we were we just happened to be on the Olympic list, the Olympic mem- team member list for the Winter Olympics. It just goes out to all the athletes, and what they said was that Beijing Olympic Committee was going to have the final say as to whether or not you would have you would qualify with a medical exemption, and it was just like well. I'm going to train for all these years and I'm going to get approved for a medical exemption. Then all of a sudden they're going to be able to take it away at the 11th hour. So, um, you know, this, that's a big, big reason why I wanted to, to be a part of it was to be like, Hey, like, this isn't fair. This isn't fair to all the athletes who have put in the work to get there. And that's just from, you know, that's just USOPC and IOC policy. And, you know, we have some, strong leadership that that can make a difference um, when we started it we've had a lot of people reach out to us um, fellow olympians um, people and across different sports who have been like hey so uh, what have you guys been doing how can i help so it's been kind of cool and that was a big reason we wanted to start it because we didn't know how to get in, into contact with those people so um, that's kind of why i on my end why i wanted to start it and then just talking with dave and thomas and 
a handful, like everyone who signed basically came out with a press release with us. Um, they've all, we've all been in contact and trying to figure out what's the best way to approach this. And um, we decided that a, a unified front would, would be best because, you know, it's just, you want to, you got to connect with people. You got to have a tribe. You got to have people who are willing to stand next to you in a fight like this. Yeah. David, uh, what is your understanding of the potential ramifications for, for wrestlers or athletes that don't get vaccinated? And can this extend to uh, the world team and, and other competitions? I mean, the, the difficult thing about, you know, taking a stance like, that we, you know, we, we've taken, um, but about this whole situation is it changes. So, you know, what today is could be different tomorrow, could be done the next day. So I think for Kyle, you know, and I and, and Thomas and the rest of the group, you know, we're seeing like down the road. Like I think a lot of people short term are like, well, we'll just follow our exemption. Well, it w- you know, we just rewind back. So we had the Summer Olympics. There was 11,000 athletes this summer. There's 1,200 in the Winter Olympics. So in the Summer Olympics, it would have been hard to like trying to push this through from the USOPC stand- standpoint, get through the Summer Olympics. Now they're like, wow, this is this is 10% of the athletes. You know, we'll just kind of push it through. And most people are like, man, I've I've competed my whole life. They're getting they're doing total on their end. Just get just get it. Just get it and go compete and or file your exemption. Well, now, you know, there's multiple exemption processes through the USOPC. They have like a, an approved exemption process. If you get through that, then it was the Beijing. And then now in the and you know, basically, I think the Olympics are about 40 days away. And now they're saying that the Beijing is going to have final say on exemptions. So I mean, that's just kind of, a, you know, obviously they're trying to see what's going to work right now, what kind of pushback there's going to be to see what kind of, you know, obviously what the what's going to look like in 2024 in Paris. Um, so I really think that the organizations are going to have a big say in it and they haven't determined necessarily what their plans are down the road. You know, I, you know, we've been working with USA Wrestling and, you know, they have been, um, you know, they're advocating, you know, on our behalf to the USOPC. Um, and obviously to the UWW, to the IOC and those things, you know, obviously the athletes have a strong voice. Um, we just want to make it clear that we don't believe in a mandated medical treatment, you know, like we, we, it doesn't, you know, we want to continue to train, we want to continue to compete, let our voice be known. And then they can kind of then, then speak on our behalf, obviously in those higher meetings. So ultimately it's going to be, each organization is going to make the rules, you know, and then obviously we're going to have to see what that is. But if we just sit back and don't say anything, then they can just make the rules, you know, freely. But if we speak up, make our voice be known, let us know how we feel, you know, there. And I think our voice is powerful because you have both people that have the COVID vaccine and those that do not have the COVID vaccine, both that don't believe that they want to continue to get more of them down the road. You know, it's like, okay, well, we didn't believe in the first one or the second one or the third one. Some people got the first one, don't want the second or third, or they've gotten two. So that the idea of fully vaccinated is continuing to change as time goes on. And people don't want to continue to get these COVID vaccines because from an athlete perspective, there's not a lot of evidence that it's saying it's, it's, it's increasing your performance. It's making it better. You're going to wrestle. You're going to compete no matter what, because it's not preventing people from getting COVID. Um, and it's being trans it's being it's being you know people are getting it whether they're vaccinated or unvaccinated so to answer your question like it's hard to say down the road it's a it's a day by day it's a step-by-step process but you know as, as time goes on and you know momentum uh as we continue to gain momentum um you know more and more athletes are reaching out to us you know from their different organizations and um 
you know, we just want to let people know they're not alone. You know, there's other people, you know, highly credentialed people that are going through the same thing, you know, and, um, just let people know that, you know, we have a place that we can, can advocate for each other. So hey, I guess the, the first question I thought when I saw this, well, was good. well, first of all, good job, guys. <laughs> Great work. Um, but second, like you, I, you look at that list of names and you're kind of like, holy crap, this, this is uh, as far as wrestling is concerned, this is the who's who. So kind of goes in two parts is number one, the second you guys put that up, did you guys hear from USA Wrestling? And if so, what, what was that response? And then number two would be, um, obviously how widespread has it been? Cause when, I think when you put the initial list up, it was, let's say 90% wrestling. It was really, really strongly wrestling based. Has the response been strong from other sports? Um, and is it growing? I just think pe- there's a lot of people that are still going to wait and see, you know, like we still have, I mean, I, we have peers that I think that are still going to wait and see and kind of see what the reaction is from the community. You know, mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, some people are afraid, uh, you know, just like their brand, you know, how's it going to affect that moving forward? Like are, are people, you know, like, okay, if you come out and say you don't have the COVID vaccine or spo- you know, our, our sponsor is going to make decisions one way or the other, you know? So I think across all sports, there's definitely a lot more people than, you know, what one would think. Um, but they're still trying to like figure out, like, am I going to go the exemption route? Do I want to kind of come out and say that I don't have the COVID vaccine or, or however it may be, or do I believe in medical treatment? So I think a lot of people are still kind of, but it has spread across, you know, handful of different sports, you know, obviously in the, in the wrestling community alone, um, you know, we've been reached out to, um, Kyle has been running more point on those things. Um, and, uh, but you know, we, so, I mean, I think in terms of, and then with USA wrestling, you know, we have been in communication since that day. I mean, I, it was crazy. I remember it was, it was Kyle and I we were, we were roommates and everywhere we go and that email came through and, uh, you know, instantly we were like, wow, this is, this is pretty serious, you know? And everyone was trying to tell us like, oh, just rest the world championships and you'll figure it out later. I'm like, the way it came out was that email came out and then there was like a Zoom call like two days later. They're like, oh, voice your concerns in the Zoom call. And that was like two days before we were competing at the world championships. Mm. Um, and it was obviously very concerning for, for Kyle and I, you know, understanding like, okay, well, that we understood like where this was going down the road. So there were you know, some athletes back home that jumped on that zoom call and voice, you know, kind of like their concerns about different things. And we had, we'd been in communication with us wrestling instantly, but we had CC'd them on our email to the USO, see the USOPC when we emailed everybody, you know, our original email. Um, and then obviously just in, um, you know, you sign a national team contract every single year. So there was a group of us that had not signed a national team contract based on, um, you know, what was written in there in these guidelines. So, you know, we had been, we have and can have continued to be in communication with them, you know, along this process. And uh, I, I believe that, you know, they're working to see, uh, you know, obviously what they can do um, to make everybody feel welcome, you know, at events moving forward. We've had some, uh, some athletes across sports reach out to us. Um, we've had basketball, we've had, track and field we've had swimming we've had um what was that there's a couple other you know those are those are high level athletes who have reached out to us um i can't count the number of high school and college athletes that reached out to us um you know uh, one of the funny things is that you know normally if i post a story i'll get between like 40 and 60,000 views on my story. Well, when I was posting these, 
I got like 5,000 views, 6,000 views um, on the story. And I've got, I got over a thousand shares and normally I only get like maybe a hundred shares, usually less. So I don't, I I feel like I don't really know (laughs) how many people we've, we've come in contact to, or if we have, um, you know, how much of an impact we've had. Um, But I, but I know that the word's getting out there because I'm getting messages pretty much every single day um, asking like, Hey, how can, how can we get involved? How can we help? What do we do? And uh, we're, we're working on, on more things that athletes can do um, to help us. Uh, you know, there's holiday season made it a little bit tough, but um, you know, just trying to get things done and get people organized, but we're, we're heading in the right direction and we're getting more and more people to, to be involved. And in. so it's not just the, the people that you saw on the, on the original press release. Nice. So, one one question I have, and you know, it's kind of a worst case thing, which is not really a ideal place to to dwell. But you know, if it comes down to it, and they say, "Hey, no, there's no worlds, there's no Olympics without getting the vaccine," what decision would would you guys make? Peace, a peace sign from from Kyle Dick. I yeah. mean, you don't you don't want to. <laughs> You don't, you don't want to think about that. So I'm, I'm, we have talked about it. I mean, Dave and I have talked about it several times, like, well, what are we going to do? And, you know, Dave kind of set himself up with his club and his, you know, his companies and stuff like that, but he still wants to compete. I still want to compete. There's things that I can do um, outside of wrestling that eventually I want to do, but not while I'm in the best shape of my life. And I feel like I'm in the peak of my career. Um, you know, there's, there's people that have strong conviction and, you know, it's, it's hard to say that because now you're going to have some pe- you know, some of our competitors who are like, all right, well, we can get them out of there. Let's, uh, let's see if we can push the other way. And, you know, it's unfortunate that it is that way. Fortunately, we have, we have some, a lot of data on our side, a lot of, uh, a lot of people who are, who are pushing the same direction as us. Um, you know, the CDC just changed its guidelines from 10 day quarantine to five day quarantine. And, you know, now we're, now we're seeing that vaccinated people can get it and transmit it. Um, you know, big thing for me is that I've been, you know, I've been keeping my, my eyes pretty close to this whole situation because I was, you know, I was like, well, are they going to cancel Tokyo? And you know, what's that going to look like? And, you know, ultimately they made it happen. And with all of these, um, you know, massive bowl games for the NCAA, and then you have NBA, NBA stadiums are sold out. NFL stadiums are sold out. It's happening. Like people are, are going out and living their lives. It's just, you know, now there's people who are a little bit power hungry that want to hold on to, to this control. And, you know, they feel like they feel like, and this is, this is where I'm coming from. These people think that they're doing the best they could possibly do. And everyone's just based on their own experience. So um, I had COVID wasn't that bad and, but I'm young and pretty healthy. There's some people who've had COVID and it's been pretty bad for them and they're young and healthy. They're not healthy, but they're young and you know, they, they're in good shape. They're, they got a lot of muscles and not very fat, but they've had a really bad experience with it. And, you know, that for me, that gives me some, you know, personal gratification, not because they're injured, but because of the things that I've done in my lifetime, like, wow, I did the right things. I I'm taking necessary steps to where, if I were to come down with something, I'd be able to battle it pretty easily. And, you know, it's just, I feel like we are moving in the direction of, okay, this is very similar to the, you know, flu or common cold, um, at least now. And unless you're really, really sick, um, 
you know, you can probably live your life pretty normally. And, you know, the, the measures that were taken um, don't seem to have that much of an impact. If we look across, you know, if we, if we look at the data from people who made different accommodations, you know, full lockdowns versus no lockdowns versus partial lockdowns versus mandatory masks versus vaccine passports, all of these things, their, their curve is pretty much the same. Depending on their season, their, their curve is pretty much the same. So um, I feel like we're, we're moving in a positive direction. So I'm hopeful that we're, I'm not going to have to retire <laughs> at the end of the day. David, um, when, when, I, when I said, hey, Dake and, and Taylor are coming on to talk about this, a lot of, a lot of my questions were, uh, about, well, what do they say about vaccines in general? These guys have probably been vaccinated to go to college. What do they think about the, the vaccines for other people who are maybe at risk for, with, with COVID? What are your thoughts on vaccines at large? I think there's a, I mean, I, I, <clears throat> I think when talking about the COVID vaccine, like I think it's such a, there, there's definitely a population that it's, 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 it's advantageous for them to get it, you know, and my, my feel is, is just choice. You know, that's the whole thing that our, our, our well, athletes, medical freedom, whether you're an athlete or not an athlete, it's just choice. And what do you want to do for your treatment? You know, if you feel, if you feel like, man, I want to get the COVID vaccine and I want to go live my life and I'm going to live it normal after that, get it by, please go get it, move forward. Your life is easier getting the COVID vaccine for sure. You get it and you don't have to, you can go eat, you can go do whatever, whatever there may be. But, you know, like when it comes to, for me, even my stance for the COVID vaccine prior to the Olympics, you know, like, you know, we had meetings, we had people, we had a lot of advice, you know, and like Kyle and I, we talked about this a lot. <clears throat> and even back then, so the success that I've had over the last five years um, was about redefining the way that I approached my training, my recovery, and more importantly, my nutrition. There's not a single time that I grab a protein bar and eat it without grabbing it off the store in the shelf, looking on the label and seeing, you know, if it has, if it has artificial sweeteners, not doing it. If it has, you know, corn syrup, if it has rice flour, if it has all these different things that I don't put in my body, you know, if it has, I'm not doing it. So when it comes to I'm, I'm six months before the Olympic games, I've been training my whole life. I'm in a great chance to win a gold medal based on my preparation I have. And all of a sudden there's been this vaccine that's been created pretty much really fast and we don't know what's in it. And, and is a lot, you know, there's things in it that could be against the way that I believe that should be in my body. And I wasn't afraid of getting COVID leading up to the Olympic games. I felt like I'm doing all the right things. Um, and I was willing to take that risk. You know, it was a conversation that my wife and I had and it was like, okay, well, do we, do we get the, do, do I get the shot or am I willing to like do more about what I believe in um, and be willing to not wrestle in the Olympics? And, you know, we just we made that decision, you know, as a group and then moving forward, you know, we've made that same decision, you know, and, and it's not about like, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with my career. You know, there's nothing more that, that I can achieve. I've won everything in the sport of wrestling that I could win. I want to continue to do that by no means do I want to not continue to do that. But it's not only about what we're going through. It's about the next generation of athletes. You know, where does it end? You know, my, my concern is like these goalposts just keep moving, you know, and I just don't believe that as athletes, and my, my, I'm coming from an athlete perspective, you know, right now. Um, 
And as athletes, like you're the, you're the healthiest population. Again, if you want to get it, get it, but you shouldn't be required to get it, to go to your local wrestling practice, to go to your local lacrosse game, to go to your, you know, your local soccer game, or, and, it, and even as a young kid, you know, and, and then moving forward to the sports the rest of your life, um, that, that's just, I just don't believe that that should be a required thing. You know, I think that's a, a discussion that each person should be able to have individually and, and then figure out, you know, what's best for them. Kyle, um, yeah, go ahead. I just want to add, you know, a lot of times when you get a, a childhood vaccine or you get a, you know, any of those vaccines in general, you never worry about it again. You never worry about it. And that's what everyone does. You know, they, they listen to their doctor and they're like, oh, okay, you know, this is the best decision for me. And they make the choice, whatever it is. Um, and they're like, okay, you know, I, I'm going to get this, I'm not going to get this, but this is a decision that I've made that is informed. I have informed consent from my doctor. Um, they've get, they provided me all the information and I'm going to move forward with it. And people are always like, well, you couldn't get into college unless you had all these things. And people must not have read the college applications very closely because you can definitely get in without being vaccinated. Um, it happens all the time. And like, well, yeah, because of this and this, it's like, no, you just didn't read it. And you're trying to fit me into your narrative. And there's a huge difference between what those vaccines are and what the current vaccine that we're giving is. And it's a completely new technology. There's no long-term safety studies on it. There will be no long-term safety studies on it, at least not from Pfizer or Moderna, because they've already unmasked, unmasked the placebo population. Plus, they've made it so that it's very, you know, there's, there's no way for me to know, okay, this was actually caused by the vaccine or it wasn't caused by the vaccine. And now all these people are getting the same exact shot that they got six months ago, a year ago, and they're like, oh, it's going to be a booster. Well, what, why is the, what happens? What well, just increases your antibodies so that for the two or three months after that you get it, you have some protection, but then it's waning very much after that. So that's, that's a big difference for, for me is like, okay, if you, if you get measles, well, you had measles and you're probably good for the rest of your life. You know, there's obviously cases where that doesn't occur, but people trying to compare it to, to older vaccines are just, are very narrow-minded and not looking at the larger picture. Yeah. Um, Kyle, my, my question for you as sort of the, the guy running point here, what, what percentage of, of the athletes or wrestlers specifically would you say are, are not, are not vaccinated that are, that are a part of the, the group? Um, percentage of people that are a part of the group that aren't vaccinated. Yeah. Um, well, I just think like right there, like I, that question, I mean, what, what happened to just your privacy and what you believe, you know, like, I feel like as an athlete, I can come out confidently and say, Hey, I, I have not had the COVID vaccine. I don't want it. I'm not getting it. You know, Kyle can say the same, but there's other, that's, that's part of the problem that we're at. People are afraid to say what they feel because they don't know what the ramifications are going to be from their families. I mean, we just had, we just had people all through the holidays to say, don't gather with your families. Don't do these things. Don't live your life. Don't do this. Don't do that. What, whatever it may be. So people are like, I'm kind of afraid to say what my stance is, you know? And, and <clears throat> if, if right now my mom and I got right now, I, I go to the doctor and I get an MRI and my mom and dad want to say, Hey, what's wrong with David's knee? They're like, Oh, I can't tell you. 
HIPAA. Can't tell you. But you go in for every single possible thing you do, and everyone's asking if it's public. You're looking for like reassurance that you're doing the right thing by getting the COVID vaccine. It's like talked about all the time, you know. And I feel like it's such a sensitive subject. So I don't really feel. I mean, I don't know what Kyle thinks. I don't really feel like it's the right thing to say. Like, what part of the group is or isn't? You know, I can just confidently say that we have people that have and have not had it. Um, and but ultimately, moving forward, they just if you're you know the group is just like. We just believe that should be our choice. Uh, there's some of us, some some people in the group that will probably continue to get vaccinated, and there's some people in the group that aren't going to, and there's some people in the group that aren't, and they eventually get it because their conviction is maybe not as strong as some of the others. But they just ultimately believe that there should be a choice, you know. And I just think that's the the premise of what we stand for. Yeah, I don't disagree that there should be a choice. I don't disagree with privacy. The reason I ask the question is to I, I'm curious for. What is the what could the wrestling landscape look like or change if things go totally restrictive on the USOPC IOC side? How differently could our teams potentially look without? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't want the the name you guys to name names other than what you're comfortable yourself personally divulging. I'm just looking for hey, I I, I don't know the status of, of athletes. It's a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Christian, if you just look at the list they put out, that I mean, that encompasses four different. I think it was four different world champions, maybe five. I'll just right, just but the list and Ben, that's that's not a vaccinated, unvaccinated list. That's just a list of people that are fair enough supporting Kyle and and, and uh, okay, Davis group. That's but yeah, um, that's that's why I wanted to wanted to know. Um, there, I mean, there's, good, there's a good amount of people who are looking at this and like, okay, I didn't get, I got vaccinated and. I'm probably not going to do it in the future. They're just going to keep changing the goalposts. Um, maybe I had a negative reaction to the first one or second one or the third one or the fourth one, whatever that is. They're really at the end of the day, it is about, Hey, I want to, I, I'm responsible for my body. I'm responsible for everything that goes in it. I mean, we hear it from USADA every quarter when we have to take <laughs> updated <laughs> whereabouts video whatever it is like hey you're responsible for everything that goes in your body you get an email probably every other day about reminding us about it so um taking that to heart is like hey i'm responsible for everything that happens to me good or bad um and that's just the way i'm i'm trying to advocate for people is like hey you're responsible your choice you do this you decide and people are like well it affects other it affects everyone else and like, yeah, but it doesn't stop you from transmitting someone else. Um, you know, there are good and bad outcomes, whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. And that's the problem. If it was 100% effective, which they said it was, then it would be a different story. And there was no negative outcomes, had long-term safety studies, you know, but every single product that they put out there is like, oh, this person had this reaction. This person yeah. had this reaction. I mean, I'd say so... so. <laughs> I'm not going to step in your toes here, but I think if they could just prove that it stopped transmission, they would have a great argument, but they can't, they can't prove that. Right. And, and like we're seeing with these hockey teams, which are hundred percent vaccinated and literally the whole team has it where they're shutting down games. They're, they're going to have a hard time making the, the argument that vaccines stop transmission because how are the, how are these fully vaccinated teams all getting it then? Well, I mean, yeah. it's just, it's, it's just crazy. And that's where, you know, in comparison to like, the vaccines in the past, you know, there was a lot of time put into them and those diseases were essentially eradicated. 
you know, once they came out. So where this one, it's like, I mean, in the NFL last, I mean, I follow the NFL very close. Anyone that follows me, I love fantasy you, football. You love, you love fantasy football way too much, David. You need to talk about some fantasy wrestling a little more often. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. Fine. I'm, I'm good to get into that, into that discussion. I want the guys to get when you're talking about fantasy football, I mean, I, I love it. I follow it year round. I'm, I'm, I'm ear to the ground all the time, you know? And like this year, last year, there was no vaccine. I think there was total to this day, to this point, I think there were 200 positive cases this year. There's a vaccine pushing on everybody. Um, and there's been over double, I mean, games are getting canceled. And I know for a fact, because of what the situation that we were in for the Olympic games, people were said to these athletes, okay, get this. You won't get COVID, you know, so they got it. Well, then down the road, it's like, well, if you haven't got it, get it because it'll lessen your symptoms. All right, they got it. Get it because you won't give it to somebody else. Okay, we got it. Get it because you don't have to wear a mask. Okay, well, get it because um, we won't cancel your games. Well, now all those things have happened. Cases are higher. So the more that people are vaccinated, the more that masks are put on people, the cases are still increasing. So it's just like that's the biggest thing about it. It's, that's tough, you know, from an athlete's perspective is it's not for transmission. And I think, I, I don't know, I can't speak for other people, but even personally, like if you know at least one person that had, that's gotten one of the vaccines has had an adverse re reaction, it's hard to say, okay, as an athlete, as a competitor, I believe of all the things that I do, it gives me a 1% margin over my competition. It's very slim at the highest level, very slim. Mm -hmm. And by getting the COVID vaccine, because there are side effects, what if I'm one of the people that have the side effects and I've lost that 1% margin, you know? And that, that to me right there is in the premise of like, man, I just, it doesn't make sense for me. And that's where everyone can make their own decision, you know? Um, but I, I know people that have gotten the shot and had strokes. I know people have gotten the shot, had Bell's palsy. I know people have gotten the shot and got really sick for months, you know? And like that, that alone, even knowing one of those people really puts a lot of doubt in my mind from an athlete perspective that I could potentially lose that 1% margin. If I'm one of the people that has one of those side effects, when I feel like I could fight off COVID because of all the health things that I do, you know, I think that's kind of where <clears throat> the stance comes. And I think that's where every single person needs to gather that all that information and just make the decision. I'm not telling people to get it or to not get it. I'm just saying, look in your research, make your decision and then make your decision. If you feel like it's good or bad for you, not good or bad is probably not the right thing. If it's the right decision um, moving forward. Do you guys think that, you know, you're talking about the NHL, the NFL. I mean, it's it's the number one topic in sports is the games getting moved and changed and athletes being in and out because of positive COVID tests. Do you think that all the – and with the high vaccination rates, do you think that's actually a benefit to your guys' cause? And is it going to create some momentum for you guys to where people, these organizations will say, hey, we, we can't mandate this because look what's happening. Uh, it doesn't make sense. Or do you think it's uh, not going to be beneficial? And that, Kyle, you can take that one. I mean, I think it, I think it is beneficial, but it's only beneficial if people talk about it. So we have news media that aren't willing to bring it up and they're not, they're saying, they're not willing to say, Hey, you know, this league is 95 to a hundred, you know, to hundred percent vaccinated. There's only one player in the NHL who's not vaccinated and they're still getting it and having to cancel games. What's going on here? Like, can you, can you tell us NHL commissioner, whoever it is, what is going on? 
And those questions aren't being asked because if they are at, you know, whether it be from the network, from the top down, whether it be from the, the league organization saying we're not accepting these questions, whatever it is, but that information needs to get out there. I mean, just recently LeBron came out with a, with the Instagram <laughs> with all the Spider-Man pointing at each other. And it was like cold flu COVID. And it was just like, okay, more and more people are starting to, to ask questions, which is good. And I think it's, it's beneficial for us. And I think, like I said, I, I'm confident that, that it's moving in the right direction. Um, you know, Biden just came out and said that it's, there's nothing you can do on a federal level. It's going to be up to the state um, in order to, to deal with the pandemic. So, you know, he's kind of pushing blame a little bit in, in my opinion, but um, you know, regardless, I feel like we're headed in, in the right direction and I'm glad that, you know, we can kind of stand up with, with other athletes and, you know, hold yeah. the line. Yeah, that w- that was going to be kind of one of, one of my last questions. Is wh- where do you where do you see the fight currently right now? What are the next big steps for for this, uh, David? In terms of you guys making progress towards this, and um, you know, what will that fight look like? I guess. <clears throat> yeah, I just think it's continuing to gather information. You know, we just continue to see. You know, waiting and seeing. How, how are not waiting and seeing based on what are these leagues? Yeah, I feel like these leagues are the best sample study, you know, the NH based on where we are as professional athletes, the NHL, the NBA and the NFL and following, you know, how they're navigating because they're going to set a lot of precedents, you know, um, they all have players units which is nice, right? They can say, man, this doesn't really make sense for us anymore. Why are we getting game? Why are we, you know, testing positives and we're asymptomatic and we're fully vaccinated, but we're not playing games. We want to play. They need to play games, to get their paychecks, you know? So I think that it's important to continue to see what they're doing. And I think it's important for us to continue to, to, to continue to just as hard as it may be and, and <clears throat> is to continue to speak up about what's happening. You know, and I think there's more and more people that are speaking up that are that aren't afraid at one time that they were like, we can't really say anything. So we're not really sure how people are going to react to to what we believe in. Um, And unfortunately, that's kind of like where we are right now. But we just have to continue to just move forward, just like anything else. Right. I mean, I think just to say, hey, we, we put an Instagram post out. This is what we believe. And then six months later, touch base on it again. You know, things are going to change very fast and very rapidly. And I do think a lot of people are tired of, of feeling like they were misled. And I think a lot of people are tired of feeling like, man, I feel like, why are we still being held back for something? You know, um, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not a virologist. You know, I'm not a cardiologist. I'm not any of those things. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm an athlete. Um, and I think a lot of people say that. They're like, well, stick to wrestling. You know, you don't know anything about any of these things. You're right. But all I can do is just gather as much information as anyone else can. Um, I'm not trying to advise someone to do something one way or the other, but I'm definitely advocating on my behalf to move forward as I want to continue my competitive career. And again, like I said, advocating for the athletes that are coming after me, for my daughters coming after me, you know, so they're not stuck, you know, having all these rules just so they can go to school, you know, where they're wearing masks at two years old just to go to school, you know, so I'm not trying to get on a tangent in one way or the other, but it's not just about what we're doing right now. It's about moving forward in our society. Um, and I believe in just standing up for what I believe is right. I think from a specific standpoint, um, you know, we're, we're hopeful that USA wrestling, um, advocates for us, uh, to the USOPC, um, 
Rich Bender, he's on the USOPC board, um, has influence there. And, you know, we have uh, obviously our uh, athlete advisory council from on USA side and then also USA wrestling side, also on the USOPC side. Um, so gathering information from them, um, we, they've been, they've been great for us. And then we also have plenty of influence on UWW. Um, you know, we have pieces in place to, to make sure that not just USA, but everyone has, every athlete has their rights and their opinions heard. And then finally, you know, running up to the IOC, um, you know, again, wrestling has, has some good advocates there. So for us, it's really just trying to make sure that those people know what we want. Um, you know, a lot of <laughs> the AAC uh, members that we spoke to said that this came down, down the pipe. It came from one person and they didn't get any say. They didn't get to talk about any of the policies, procedures. Um, when I've asked who is in charge of making these decisions, it's always ambiguous. Uh, they gave me titles of people um, and no names associated with it. They're changing all the time. People are stepping down, moving around. And it's just a, it's a, a cluster a little bit. So, um, but again, I'm, I'm very hopeful that we are making the, we're taking the proper steps to, to move forward. Uh, like David was saying, and, and to get to a place where everyone can, can confidently compete and, and not worry about having, you know, an advantage or a disadvantage. You know, one of the, the final thing I'll say is um, you know, there's supposed to be a wrestling camp, uh, uh, national team camp at, in Colorado Springs. And that's a USOPC facility. And we were going to have to fly out five days early, pay for our room, pay for our testing, get tested every single day um, that we were there, go an hour early to practice, um, sit in an office while our, our test came back. And, and then we would be able to practice. And if that's, if that's the mode they're going to go with for the Olympic team trials, that's just unacceptable. Think about having to put all these other obstacles in front of, in front of people and take, that's a, that's a huge competitive advantage to not go through those things, you know, not waste that time where I could have my feet up recovering, whether I'd be in, you know, compression boots or just relaxing, um, you know, not having to worry about those things. So, uh, I'm hopeful that we can, you know, there's just a level playing field for everyone. And, um, there's not, there's not special circumstances for certain individuals. I want to thank you guys for, for coming on. Really, really appreciative of your time. Um, w- want to give you the last word. If there's anything I didn't, uh, w- where the conversation didn't go that you wanted to go, um, anything else before, before we let you guys go? Not that I can think of. No, I just appreciate, <clears throat> appreciate you guys having us on. Absolutely. Good talking well, to you guys. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much, David and Kyle. Um, Obviously, as as a wrestling fan, I just want to watch you guys wrestle again, and we hope that the the rules don't prohibit that from happening. And um, I think you guys are probably taking the the right steps to make that happen. So, thanks again for coming on. Uh, Merry Christmas, and and see you guys down the line. Thanks again. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Hey, JD, cool. quit talking so much, buddy. Yeah, JD, <laughs> you got it. Uh, JD's oh, shy.
That's the last couple of shows. You know, we had JB on the last show. I think it was like 40 minutes in before J, uh, JD got his first word in. Yeah, JD. Uh, but he's, he's about to get him in now. He's about to get the chat. Yeah. We got, we got about, hey, listen, I didn't realize how, how bad I'm beating you dudes in the, in the picks. Hold on. I think you're I'm one giving you guys the beat down. I'm, I'm crushing it. All right. <laughs> I'm out of here. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, so I don't think you're actually being that, but we have a lot to get to. Um, JD's gonna get his get his words in here because we gotta talk about collegiate duels. We gotta talk about scuffle. We gotta talk about Powerade. There's other the Midlands got canceled for crying out loud. Um, what and the then they're holding the tri duel. Um, makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. They're gonna play a basketball game in Welsh Ryan on the 29th. It's it all makes sense. This is just. Um, are they really? Just, hey, here's another. Really bad yeah, basketball game. Yeah. How much attendance? How much attendance? I don't know. I'm. I don't think it's limited. Whatever. I mean, I don't know how many people are going to want to watch <laughs> Northwestern versus. They're they're playing some like Prairie View type of school, okay. but um, right. got it. Yeah, you know, maybe they pack it to the Raptors. That would be safe. I, I I'm led to believe. Okay. Um, so I don't know if we want to go. Th- I think we have to first. We haven't had a show since Iowa wrestled NC yeah. State and Arizona State wrestled Penn State. Feels topical. And uh, Ben, I, I think I just want to kick it to you for your overall thoughts on on those. Maybe start with one of the teams, and then we can just kind of go sure. from there. Yeah, I, I, I saw. I, we obviously talked after the first day, so we're we're not going to recap any of the first day day one stuff. Um, day two, uh, so day two was only you know the the pool placement matches, so three versus three, two versus two, one versus one in each pool. I kind of I wish we would have talked Wednesday because I think it would have been a little more fresh. Um, there wasn't really the fifth and third place matches kind of eh, whatever Mizzou killed Lehigh. Um, and there's weren't any really, really good matches. Iowa, NC state and Penn state, Arizona were a lot of fun. Iowa, NC state being more fun. Um, Penn state, Arizona state. I think I want to say it was over once Bartlett beat Parco. I know that Arizona state won the next two matches and the duel was close, but you kind of knew that Penn state was going to ham- hammer at home in the last uh, four weights. And then it was really disappointing that the Arizona state didn't send out Colton Schultz at heavyweight. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we should run through the best duel, which was Iowa NC state. That duel was a lot of fun. Uh, insane. Duel. insane, Absolutely insane duel. And it starts at one twenty-five, where, you know, it's, for, for these for the weekend, I was like, will Spencer wrestle this one? Will he wrestle that one? And you knew NC State, and it, it wound up being true, they would probably need Spencer. There's a good chance that they would need Spencer's points um, because their backup is not beating Jacob Camacho. Correct. So he, he beats – the way I like to look at, at, um, at Spencer's weekend, it was kind of like – remind me of like kind of what his NCAA bracket is going to look like. Yeah. It's going to be like – the Ber- Berglund's probably like a, a good proxy for a first round matchup for Spencer. Yep. And then um, Jarrett Lane is like kind of a likely sort of second round of 16. And, and Camacho is a likely quarterfinal matchup. And we yep. kind of saw it was like, there's tech major decision, which yep. I think is, is, is a little notable when we're talking about the team race and we're talking about Iowa versus Penn state and the bonus point factor. So for me, I think, Spencer showed he's going to be – he's always going to be really, really hard to score on, and he's going to be really, really tough to get away from. Yes. I think we saw, we saw that. Um, and t- and tough you, to ride. I think it's relevant. that He's, he's also really hard to ride. It's, it's not an easy ride. True, true. I yeah. thought – I actually thought Camacho did a good job for a little bit on top there. A little bit. Um, but it was, I mean, it, was it 30 seconds-ish maybe? 30 seconds. Yeah. 30 seconds. He might have had a breakdown. 
Um, yeah. But but Spencer got away, kind of kind of no mm-hmm. problem. But I think you know it's just gonna. I I wonder if for Spencer, when you're a guy who basically, regardless of opponent, you probably think you're gonna be able to tech this guy in about five minutes or so, knowing that you're sort of that you're limited. You go into it knowing, all right, I'm going to need to be a little more controlled, seven minutes, and do you like adjust your tactics a, a little bit differently and not feel like this pressure to be uh, scoring 10 points in the first 45 seconds like you've done so so routinely. Yeah. And he's just, got to, he's just got to win a little bit differently, I think, uh, than, than he has in the past. And I think we kind of saw that in the Camacho match. Like he was able to get in on shots. He was able to get to his, his high crotch. Um, and he was able to ride. and really Camacho didn't give himself many chances to score in that, which I think is speaks to Spencer's still pretty, uh, really high level of defense. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's obviously, and, you know, scrambles against Lane. Lane was doing some really good things. Uh, and Camacho was going after him. Spencer's is so hard to score on, but then also, you know, you think of the semis is going to be some mix of Vito, who looked great, Soriano, who we haven't seen, but we got to imagine he's going to be high level. And Court- Courtney's looked really good. I don't know. And I'm actually really excited for Courtney versus Soriano. That's coming up live on Flow next week. Anyway, third, baby. Long. That duel, actually, I don't want to get this straight. That duel has a lot of really cool matchups. Like Paris, Colton Schultz, I'm kind of excited for that one also. <clears throat> um, anyways, back, back to the topic. Um his semis and finals are going to be really hard matches. And man, it's going to be so tough. If he's really limited it offensively. Cause I feel like, you know, I, I remember exactly what he said about the NCAA last year, but something like his forward and backward. I can't remember if it was his forward and backward or lateral, but he kind of like moves strange because of his knees. Right. You notice mm-hmm. that with Spencer. Yeah. And I just feel like that's going to be uh, really tough to get over versus one of those other three that I mentioned. Yeah. And I wonder if his top is or would be limited at all, is he gonna be able to drive some of those bars over, drive to the tilts uh, like he has in the past? He was uh, thus far. Is he gonna be able to do that against the best of the best? Is what yeah. you know we're gonna be wondering about probably till probably Big Tens is because now be now we're not gonna test. see him at all. At, I mean, we were hopefully gonna get a good match or two at Midlands, and now I believe I was going to the Hawkeye Open, which is. I don't think there name is. Is there anyone else good there? Well, it says Arizona State, but are they are I, they I really sending their squad? Maybe backups. For okay. That one. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's really well, unfortunate because we were hoping to see a lot of the Iowa guys, you know, against some of the other best guys at the Midlands, and now we're just not going to see that. Yes. So Spencer six one. I mean, he's 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 doing the job. Yeah. Um, and I, my question, another question is just like, how much better is he ever going to look than, than this for this season? Right. Like yeah. he could make, like, could he get his shape better? Maybe. I don't know because I don't know how long he's been like fully back on the mat, but yeah. will his mobility change that much? Um, I don't know. It seems like the answer to that is, uh, I don't want to say the answer is no, but you're right. If you, if you suffer these injuries now, what is 10 months ago, right? In, mm-hmm. in the big 10 tournament, um, it seems like it's not really going to get much better, right? We have what, two and a half months left of the season and he's had 10 months to recover. What, you know, I don't say what's the difference between 12 and 10. It can't be that much. So that's, uh, that's unfortunate. Um, uh, you want to move that. So one thirty three. I thought, uh, I actually thought Oreen could have been disqualified. Um, 
<laughs> he was doing some outstanding stalling. Listen, he was kind of trying hard. The NC State dudes, they wrestle hard. They really do. They do. But the Santos was wrestling harder, and Arene was really retreating. DeSanto also at certain times was doing the classic Iowa thing that you hate, Ben, of just like sprinting at him, trying to get him to step out, obviously just forcing him to step out. Yeah. Well, it's crazy that he can literally run at the guy because for for guys like Arene and other guys that are not quite DeSanto's level, if they shoot, he just spins behind so easy. So he can just run at them indiscriminately with like no risk because he's just like, Somehow, somehow, no risk. Um, yeah, I actually thought DeSanto, maybe if there's an MVP award other than Spencer just for wrestling, um, it may be him for the Hawkeyes this weekend. We're talking about just for looked, the Hawkeyes, or are we talking about kind of uh, overall? I Haw- overall? Hawkeye, Hawkeye MVP. You Hawkeye know, MVP. In the, in the in the Monday practice when the Tom Tom gives out his MVP award that I just made up. Um, I'd say I think it would go to DeSanto. Yeah, or. Uh, I could give it to Warner because he kind of came up close for him because you were kind of nervous. You were kind of nervous going into 197. Yeah. A little bit, weren't you? Me and trouble. then uh, Warner oh, yeah. pulled through. So the the reason this duel this duel got super dramatic is is a few reasons. One, Jane Ironman. Not only did he not bonus Ryan, was Jack, he pinned? He, was he? I mean, the, this well, was no, but this. Hold on, let's rewind before that. Before the before yeah. the last. Hold on. Ryan Jack kind of shut down. I don't think Ryan Jack's a dude that usually gasses, but he was winning. I don't want to say not winning easy, but he was winning clearly going into the third period. It was very evident. Um, and then he gave up two takedowns in the third period. So Jaden Iron had a wild tournament as a whole. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, sure. Ryan Jack gives up two takedowns um, in, in the third period to lose the match. Cause he was winning relatively convincingly going into that. Um, and then was he pinned? Uh, he might've been, it was, it, <laughs> I know, I'm not, I'm not like, Oh my God, he was so pinned. The ref was so stupid to miss it. I'm like, eh, if the ref would have slapped the mat, I'm like, yeah, I see it. That's kind of yeah. how I feel. What do you feel? I, I, I feel similarly. I think there was plenty of time. I thought the ref was in position. I think he can screenshot this thing all day and say he was pinned. Um, if, so you I, think he was? Um, mm, I'm, I'm, I think I'm with you. Where it okay. could have, I would have, I would have not been surprised or upset if they had called the pin. And I'm not. Listen, in that moment, I, there's not many refs that are going to call that pin on that guy, that team, with in that, that scenario. The, you just don't. There's the situations shouldn't matter, uh, but they do. We see it with stalling. We see it with I – mean, you see it with mm-hmm. matches like that. And I, I think regardless of the result, and it would have been um, – obviously, it's easy for me to say is I don't have a, a dog in either fight. For NC yeah. State, it would have won them the duel. But the the bigger story out of that match is, like, what Ryan Jack was able to do, what he may be revealed about how you finish on Jaden Ironman, how he was able to get to legs consistently. And that's always been something you, you see with Jaden. Guys can get in. But the finishing is where he goes to work. And I thought he had some really – they weren't like quick shots blow through on things. It was like get yeah. in there. And he had Grind to figure through. out and, and work through the finishes, which I think is is different and notable. And something yeah. that I, you wonder, are people going to watch this with Jade and be like, okay, this is something to, to try. And it, Ryan Jack looks so prepared for this match, very well coached. And he did everything but win it. And maybe he did. Yeah, I, I mean, so and 
when I when I'm watching this match live, I'm like, holy crap, is, is Ryan Jack really that good? Because he, you know, he's who's number one guy in high school. Yeah. And then I had to remember, no, I, I just watched him yesterday. He got his butt kicked by Alan Hart. Like him versus Alan Hart was it was nine three. It wasn't really competitive. He got ridden for a long time. He got taken down multiple times. So um when he was that competitive, well, he was beating, right? When he was beating Ironman for the majority of the match, I think that shocked everyone. I don't think we yeah. had that as a line, but I think if you guys w- would have went plus six Ironman, everyone probably would have picked it. Yes. Or minus six. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. I agree with that. So that was obviously a super tense moment in the duel. Yeah. And then and then Tariq Wilson, uh, no Max Murin in this one after he lost his the day before. They don't even wrestle Murin the next time. Tariq wins. Controlled. I match, thought Seabrook seven, wrestled seven him tough because I was kind of expecting uh, a major out of Tariq, and Seabrook wrestled hard. Seabrook's a tough guy. Um, and then Ed Scott headlocks uh, Caleb Young, which was a huge uh, rough weekend for Caleb Young. Rough weekend for Caleb Young, which you know when we get to the <laughs> Eddie team Scott race, got jacked up, baby. <laughs> he was pumped. Hey, that was a huge, huge pin, and it looked like when he got it initially, it was like, okay, he's not gonna get this, and then somehow he was able to roll through. I mean, and and the headlock Somehow. for Ed is is nothing uh, new, right? He's yeah. got headlock he's a, Ed Scott. That's that's what they've called him for headlock years. Headlock Ed Scott. There we go, and um. <sighs> He pins it, and he he really made this this duel really interesting. And then you had Donald Cates wrestle Marinelli. He wrestled really him hard tough. for a minute. I mean, several minutes, I would say. It was a 7-2. Uh, I know it's his teammate, but um, Bullard teched Cates this year. and um, oh, Yeah? I, really? Yes. Oh, shoot. Uh, so, you know, but I, I, I think this was calculated from, from Pat Pop. I think he... I think he saw this materializing this way that the yeah. kids could maybe wrestle Marinelli tough, and he did, and he almost, uh, but, he almost had a takedown. Uh, did he get a takedown in the first? Or maybe he did. I thought I think he I got a takedown in the first. It he was like two first, one, and then and he he got, got crushed. Away. I was so annoyed that Marinelli couldn't finish that wrestling hold the right way. Like I wasn't even cheering for Iowa. I was kind of indifferent. Uh, what wrestling hold? The one where he got the damn arm on the back and he kept freaking not being able to pin him. Like, if you get that man's arm there, you you just need to crank on him and pin him. It's so easy. Just done. Over. You give me Donald Case's arm, I'm going to like that. I'm going to pin him like 100 out of 100. So, what with like the chin and arm position? Chin and arm. Chin and arm. Hey, I'm back. Well, let's just start with the the arm on the back. Just just there because he got there a lot. He got the arm on the back a whole bunch and, and finished it zero times. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just getting annoyed. Not even that I'm a big Alex Marinelli fan or anything, but I was just like, I get annoyed when, you know, he couldn't make the adjustment. I mean, you know, because maybe the first time he, uh, Kate is a little more flexible than you anticipated and, Mm -hmm. and you didn't make, maybe tighten it up quite enough and boom, he slips out. Right. And next time you're like, okay, I remember you were real flexible. I'm going to tighten this son of a gun up, which is a little tighter than last time. Pin him. So that, yeah, that was disappointing. Especially when your team needs it. Yes, yes. So then we move up to 74, Hayden, 4-2 over Nelson. Nelson Um, wrestled him tough. He did. I think we probably would have anticipated a a decision there, and that's what happened. 
Trent, and still no Michael well, hold, Kemmer. Hold on, hold on, I hold on. So did, that, that clip you guys kept posting was so puzzling to me. What did Nelson think the issue was? Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, I have no idea. So that was that was a weird thing. We didn't post it, but uh, oh, you didn't. Post it, it was some of it was like it was like uh, well, because it was look, like it was like Nelson Nelson acted like something wrestling. illegal happened to him. Like there was a headgear pull, or there was a head, but there was like I nothing. watched both his hands. There was nothing on the headgear. They didn't look like a, a head. I don't. I didn't see a singlet thing. I didn't see anything other than a, a leg attack from Hayden. And that was really strange. Seeing Nelson sort of like um. Playing like that and yeah. it was was surprising and it's like oh we dismissed what happened then you watch back and maybe we missed it all those times but i didn't see anything that went on there um yeah. jd did you see anything no i don't i don't know you didn't see nothing okay so yeah that was for, strange thank you for for bringing that up and then trent beats abe abe um abe, I, abe pissed me off though i'm gonna tell you guys i'm whooping you the picks but Trent, okay, Trent Hadley, Trent Hadley argued with me about, the, about the, the Twitter thing I posted. Listen, I'm a Trent Hadley fan. Trent, don't get mad at me. Um, you're he wasn't mad. I thought his, I thought he had a very measured response, Ben. Yeah, you know, he said, hey, he said, he said, he, he accused Trent Ken of two penalties, a cutback and the locked hands. And listen, he kind of, he did. You have can't lock hands if you're on your back, Christian. You, if you're on top, you can't lock your hands. If they're on their back, it's, a, it's called a pinning combination. It's impossible to lock your hands if they're on their back. He, ha- but you could see he had like almost looked like a little. No, no so I'm there. saying it's it's you can't get a locked hands penalty. It's impossible to get locked hands if they're on their back because it's legal to lock hands when they're on their back. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> yes. So people people are they're not smart enough to figure out what? No, no. He went from neutral or you know standing to directly into danger. Therefore, the locked hands can continue because he's in a pinning fall um yes okay but i was mad at trent, trent highly because the line was six and a half great line jd and my man didn't get a takedown the whole period just i would be winning further just trent just go get that last takedown put yourself up by seven or seven or eight or get a stall call get something Listen, the line was six I, and a half and he won by six i was i was really disappointed so so ben has i think three times referenced the the lead he has on us in the picks Ben has 28, correct? I have 27. Crushing so, you. Listen, I thought this was the guy that was all about dominance, all about dominating his opponents and put him away. You're up one, 28 to 27. Ben. <laughs> You're not going to win the Hodge for, for uh, wrestling picks. I, I can tell you that uh, right t- now. I'm kicking Tyler's butt. He's under 500. JD's yeah, well, under 500. He not 500. Hey, can can I nominate something? I know we need a fish. I was well, can I can I make a, a comment here? Official nomination. Okay, I feel I feel as though if JD's making a line, and this one actually benefited me. I, oh, I think I maybe I benefited once and and lost once. If the score is tied going into overtime, it should be like a zero, right? You know what I'm saying? Like it should be zero, and then whoever wins, like you shouldn't be able to score points, score six points in overtime like Josh Edmond did to win me that match. You shouldn't yeah. be able to do that. You won the best cover of all time. Regulation, it was freaking tied. Yeah, that that actually I was a bit that's the only reason I'm not beating you right now, Ben, is because of that. Because of your rule that you just made is the only reason you're actually beating me. So I wouldn't change it. I'm, no, I'm I think it's great. Man it's, here. it's like um it's like in the NFL, you know, the line's at three and it goes to overtime and a guy gets a touchdown. I was like, those yeah. those are the breaks. The points are the points. 
Uh, Gosh, a two and a half point favorite goes into overtime somehow covers. <laughs> what a legend! Yeah, that was that was pretty legendary. So Trent did not cover for for Ben. Uh, Abe looked. I thought Abe battled hard, but he's outmatched there against Trent. Yes. And then Warner is kind of the hero against um, yeah. against Trumbull. Trumbulls look good. Trumbull was super competitive. He didn't in cover. Match. He's a loser. But um, he didn't cover. But listen, I, the other thing here is like uh, Trumbull, man, you know Jacob uh, Warner's best moves to go behind. Make him win some other way. Make him win another way. You can't give the guy a go behind. That's his best move. I couldn't believe when he airmailed that shot from like yes. from half a mat away. It's like that's the only the only piece of advice I would give him in that third period is – is don't don't take I mean everyone says don't take a bad shot, but like you need to be, at least be close or you at least need to know like man, I've got to be pretty sure of it. And it's easy for me to say, but it did seem like w- the one thing I did like is that he didn't wait until like 10 seconds or 30 seconds ago. He like he gave himself time whereas if he did give up the takedown, he had time to get away and, and work for it. But um it didn't work out. But I think for, for Trumbull you take that and you kinda like you know, knock yourself on the head and be like, okay, well, I'll I'll learn from that and not make that mistake again. Okay, but, but then one, I, one... I do have a complaint at heavyweight. The oh. fact that they, they stopped this power half, it, it, it's an absurdity. It, I, Absurd. I, I, hate, I hate potential dangerous, and, and I, I especially hate, like, single-leg shin wizard potential dangerous, but this might be the worst because, listen, the ref should be going, hey, bottom guy, roll, roll over. Like, it, if you just turn to your left, it ain't going to hurt. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. like it's really simple. And the guy, the guy on top was in Treffin, Treffin, uh, NC State heavyweight. Owen. This was Ty- Tyree Houghton. This is like oh, their... sorry, it's Houghton. Yeah. Yes, correct. It was Houghton. Yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't. He was taking it so slow. He was doing all the right things. He had he had Cassiope in a lot of trouble. He had him in a lot of trouble. And the ref, the ref bailed Cassiope out, and that was not cool by the ref. Like he was taking it slow. Let this man work. If if his shoulder hurts, he can just turn. Yeah, I, that's simple. I, it's an, it's an abomination to call abomination. That's the, a great word, Christian. You can't call halves cannot be illegal. You, you cannot listen. I, the, I guess cannot be illegal at the college level. You just can't. And, and you could say, oh, I didn't call it illegal, but you are, you are but saying you halves yeah. are, you are saying halves cannot be used to turn people in, yeah. in certain situations. That just cannot well, because, be the case. Yes, because when that call happens, it is just further reinforced. If I just don't turn, the ref will save me. If I just stay here, the ref is going to at some point stop it. So all I need to do is lay here. That is crap. That is total bull crap. Terrible, terrible call. Terrible call. I couldn't believe it when it happened. It was some freaking Buffalo Gap High School officiating <laughs> calling that there. I mean, and I'm, I'm like, and I kind of went, I had a, a back and forth about potentially dangerous on, on Twitter. Like, I, I think it could be eliminated almost entirely. And yeah, I, I, do I agree it, completely. There are some, I mean, I, I get sick of, I get this like kind of squeamish and nervous in some of these leg entanglements that when guys are on legs and they're scrambling and diving over, like how real Buto tore his ACL. Like yep. when they do that crap, I'm like, man, that's insane. But, but you couldn't even have called the real Buto one because it literally happened as, you know, he, he dove back. He jumped and, and did it. The, there's literally no way you could have even stopped that in time. So my, my, 
my thing is like so many of those potentially dangerous situations are created by the guy putting himself in danger because so, because they're actually looking for the PD call. Yes, yes, they and are. If they knew it wasn't so, coming, they'd be so much less likely to put themselves in a very vulnerable position. And so, to your point, like especially at lower levels, they they absolutely need it because these kids don't know what the hell they're doing. But yeah, high level college wrestling, man, most of the time you know how to protect yourself, like. Every once in a while, they should, they maybe need to step in there, but like probably 10% as much as it happens. Yes. And, and Cassiope wasn't angling for potentially dangerous. He was just trying to not get pinned. And the, the ref just totally bailed him out. And then Cassiope gets up and went, but man, I, I thought that Houghton looked good. Um, yeah. Houghton, Houghton I hadn't watched a lot, a lot of him previously, but that would have been insane if he could have taken him over and, the Hawkeye report is split on this uh, tone tone. They, they, some of them are like, it's time to put them back on full feed. Get them pig again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Clearly not eating enough corn. Yeah. So I, I listen, he's the size he's gonna be, at least for this season. He's not you're not gonna you're not gonna put on 15, 20 pounds. Um so we'll, we'll see. And you know, I can't wait to see him versus Kirkley. I think it's gonna be a fantastic match. I wish we could have seen Kirkley versus Schultz. That was um nice. I, I know we will see Schultz versus Paris, though, on January 3rd. That That's will not awesome. be annoying. Yeah, uh, so just, I mean, just quick, Arizona-Penn State. We kind of talked about the day before, but there there weren't a lot of matches Say that it. were there weren't in the balance. Um, Bartlett, Give the credit. Bartlett got it done against Kyle Parko. I didn't see it coming, but he did. Uh, it was in overtime, and, you know, Penn, Penn State won all the matches they should. Arizona State won all the matches they should, and I think that's all you got to say about that. Yes, um, that that was a, a solid win for for Bartlett. You could kind of sense it was trending that way. Once once they got to overtime, I was like, this is kind of like this is what Bo's looking for. He wants a one takedown type of match against a guy who's yeah. probably a little bit better. Um, Max Dean continues to be he's he's going to score so many points at NCAs. It's gun to your head right now. Who wins NCAs then? At ninety seven team. Sorry. Oh. Nice seven's probably Ferrari. Got it in my head. Um, yeah, sorry, dude. I've been thinking. I mean, listen, Penn. State, we talked about it after the first day. Penn State and I look vulnerable. They still look vulnerable to me. I mean, Penn State looked good, but they have. I feel the same way. There was there was no opinions about Penn State that changed for me on on day two. I will feel as vulnerable as they did on day one. I can't wait to see how Michigan looks because here, here's how I feel at Michigan without without. Without um, going too in depth, Suriano's going to place high. Ragason is an outside contender, forty-one. Uh, Michich is probably top four, right? So I got two top fours already. Forty-nine stores probably unlikely to place, win a few matches. Luan could maybe maybe sneak into low AA range, but probably not placing that high. Camamine could be a low AA, um, and then seventy-four Massa. I, I would think should AA, but it has performed worse. But then 84, I mean, it's going to be a top four. Uh, 97, Brucky's probably going to place high. And Paris is probably going to place really high. So they have, I think, in my opinion, they have four guys who are going to place really high. And they got a bunch of the other ones that can sneak in there. Um, man, they're, they're, let's, see how they, let's see how the season plays out for them. I'm, I'm very interested in seeing Michigan. I'd probably still go Iowa if I had to pick right now. But I would be very nervous about my pick. Man, I, I I'm getting more nervous. And you say you the the questions for Iowa are the same. I think it's different, man. I think from you said since day one, kind of the same vulnerabilities. I I disagree. 
I so you think mean that, this, oh, sorry. So I guess I'm not going back to like last year. Cause I think, I think if two years ago, Christian, you would say they're going to have the, I mean, remember two years ago, how good this squad looked and you said, they're going to have the same team in, in 2021, 2022 season. I said, well, they're mm-hmm. going to freaking kill everyone. It's not going to be competitive. Yeah. And, but there's been a lot of regression in my opinion. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe it's regression, but for me, it's, you know, Kimmer, Kimmer's out and, we haven't seen them yet this year. I didn't anticipate that coming in November 1st. I didn't think we would be going to the new year and not seeing Michael Kimmer wrestle a match. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're not seeing, I mean, Caleb Young goes one, one and two, I think on the weekend losing to Ed Scott and Josh Humphrey. These are not guys that anyone's picking in the top four right now or top, you know, probably even the place, right? They could, uh, but it would be unlikely. Yeah, They're, 184 where we thought yeah nelson could be a good guy or abasad they haven't they haven't shown that they're going to score meaningful points there so Mm -hmm. i i think i think penn state's good guys have just looked good and while they have more holes for sure that is becoming less and less of a liability as iowa Iowa can't score points at all 10 weights yeah, they're not going to score. I mean, is Max Mirren going to score big points at NCAs? Is uh, Caleb Young is unlikely. 184? Unlikely. They're, they're, so there's three weights where they're they're not looking. But then, so even like when I say regression, think about like Jaden Ironman. Like if I told you Jaden Ironman had one point matches with Dresden Simon and Ryan Jack, you would be like shocked. I'm pretty sure about it. And he so he went to the collegiate duels and didn't get one bonus. I mean, remember how yeah. hard he was bonusing last year? I feel like he was kind of bonusing everyone but the very best guys. Maybe I'm misremembering. Well, let me look. No. Um he, he was dominant and he he kind of he kind of beat Nick Leak sort of soundly at, at Big Tens, if I remember. Um, yeah, I mean, it, uh he's got a whole bunch of pins last year. So I guess the only one that was uh not so he 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 made uh non-major Chad Red twice, but Chad Red's really good. Yeah, and then Cole Matthews was the only other one that he didn't uh, bonus all season. He pinned Dresden Simon at NCAs, but pinned uh, Treek Wilson. So, um, yeah, I was I was gonna have to I don't know, heal up, turn the corner, something something's gonna have to happen for us to feel more confident about them. Yeah, um, he's had some crazy ones in, in the past. Jaden Ironman has, but yeah, it it was not it was not his best performance. So I, I think with the, with the, sh- who has more sure things? Does it look, I mean, to me, Roman, Nick Lee, Starachi Brooks, Dean is, is such a tight five. That's a, that's a good five right there. Um, that I, I think Penn state may be swinging it for right now in their favor. And if they get Hildebrand, which is like basically a done deal, from what I understand, but I don't know if Brand's going to place that high because 125 is not no. so much. I know, but you're just, but but now you're yeah, just. It's, it's just like where it was J- Jacob Campbell or whoever. Now it's now it's a, someone. It's someone that is like maybe Abe Assad or Max Murin or or Caleb Young. Someone that can negate those points potentially, right? Yeah. Um, I'm really interested to see. I guess Oklahoma State too. Uh, so obviously, do Iowa second semester, but mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how they pan out because. I feel like we weren't thinking much about them. They obviously have a between Dayton and AJ, they have some guys who are probably, I don't want to say guaranteed finalists, but they're going to place really high. And they have a lot of yeah. other guys who like 
if you read your crystal ball and you said Master Giovanni All-American, you'd be like, well, okay, Carter Young All-American. Eh, all right, I could see that. Plot All-American. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? You're not going to be all right, that like, shocked by these things happen. You know, if I said Tony uh, Tony Negron, Jacob Campbell, and Creighton Edsel placed, you're going to be like, wait, really? Come on, how did yeah. Kale do that magic? Whereas Oklahoma State and in Michigan, even the guys I mentioned on Michigan's team are like, yeah, I could – I could see him definitely. I could see him not, but I could see him doing it too. That, but that to me is like the number one. It's kind of like it's the argument that I think fails more often than not. The we've got four of these guys; they're sort of contenders outside. You can kind of talk yeah. themselves into a round of twelve or whatever. It's so rarely materialized yeah, that yeah, way. And I, then, I agree. then, and then the difference between having, um, you know, Jacob Campbell and Max Murin is actually as much better as Max Murin is than this guy or that guy. If you only win two matches in NCAs, the difference yeah, is like almost no points. negligible. But um, if you can get into, you know, say, uh, who is the one, like, who is Penn State guy that won it for him a few years ago? The one, James, James English, right? James English, yeah. I mean, if you can get a pin and get into seventh place, you're talking seven or eight points. You know, mm-hmm. if you have a couple of those, um, which I guess that would be a negative towards Michigan because I don't feel as though any of those guys are real big pinners, right? I feel like they're Luan, Storr, um, Take down Ragusin, guys. They're kind of decision guys. Mm-hmm. So that'd be mm-hmm. negative. So yeah, I'd probably go Iowa. Uh, you make a very compelling argument for Penn State. I feel pretty strongly about them because they're struggling at the three weights. But um, even Kirkland, Kirkland, um, I don't, I, you know, I don't feel like he's going to be a finalist. But if you want to tell me, uh, I feel very strongly he's going to all American. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So. So that would be that would be their sixth, and then Hildebrandt. If that happens, that would be. I don't feel. I feel. I don't feel as strongly about Hildebrandt as I do Kirkland, but I think he's got a solid chance. Yes. So Midlands was canceled. We thought we'd see some teams there. The there were a number of, I think there were just two, tournaments that came in and filled the void there to make up for the the lack of a tournament. There's a, the big ones in Illinois, I guess, in the same general location same, i thought it was in the same venue stop no way it's not gonna be uh, in the same venue i thought it was well it's in hoffman estates and the first tournament was also in hoffman estates uh damn it i'll look it up that would be just all time being held hilarious. at the now arena the matt man open is what was the okay. last one now arena i don't know um, I'll, I'll look it up because it, it could have changed names. It definitely has not previously been called the Now Arena, but you know how uh, you know how that stuff changes arena names. You know how it is. Okay. I'm, um, I'm, I'm looking it up, dude. I think that it is where, dude. That's the same <laughs> that's place. The... That is absolutely the same place. <laughs> it's being held. It's being held at the same arena. That for sure is. That is just all time. <laughs> I mean, it, was, it, it was one thing that it was. Uh, that they canceled it or whatever, and that there was another tournament taking its place. But that the fact that they're having it in the same place with almost, you know, the big team they're not having is Iowa. But with with a lot of the teams yeah, there, it's just like not there. it just points to the absurdity. How about this, Northwestern or whoever Midlands? Just stop, just stop with the tournament. Just let someone else fill in the void there and do it. That's gonna like not cancel it in the ninth hour and like jam up all yeah, these Midla, I don't listen it sucks because I love Matt Storniolo but I'm sure it was kind of the people above him making those decisions 
I don't um, know. Hey, man, re- remember, Matt said uh, when we did our thing, the Dave Chamiza thing, he said we should not have it. He tweeted out there, this is reckless, this is dangerous. What's really? going on? I don't recall Yes. That. Yeah, the tweet's still up. Oh, so well, that's unfortunate. I mean, you could... Well, okay, listen, I, I I love Matt Storiolo, but I'll just I'll just say this even despite the fact that I like him. If it was Matt Storiolo or whoever, whomever from Northwestern made the decision to cancel it, they should never host a tournament again. The Midlands should be over. Let's let's effing do something else. They they don't deserve to have it back. Yeah. Um, In defense but... of like Northwestern, the university. I'm I'm guessing maybe the university. The university was probably like we gain X financial from this versus being attached to if all these teams break out after like, yeah, that's cowardice. Well, it doesn't make sense because they're having having a triangle and having a basketball game. The Northwestern administration doesn't care about athletics. Like I I, I wouldn't have canceled. I'm not saying I'm just playing devil's advocate and like saying like to them, it's not like absurd. And I, I understand why it was canceled. And it, it won't be the same thing, uh, but credit to the organizer for for putting something together. Yeah, where good job, um, easy style. That's it's cool. I'm glad it's happening. Um, nice. This is like it's a big. Uh, I mean, this is a, for a lot of teams. This is like the date on the schedule for the regular season, especially. I mean, you know, you have Big Ten duels and Big Tens if you're in the Big Ten, but for somebody, this is like. This is where you determine starters. This is where you, you know, where guys break out, and to have that potentially just like ripped from you, um, oh, could, could have been had a real impact. Northwestern has canceled their December thirtieth. It's, it's really strange. They canceled the December eighteenth game. They played a December twentieth game. They've canceled their December thirtieth game, but then they have they have two big big. They're hosting two Big Ten matchups, January second, January fifth, versus Michigan State and Penn State. So it'll be interesting to see what the athletic department chooses to do with those. So this is basketball. Basketball, correct. Got it. But they're ho- but Northwestern's having a tri mate the 29th, right? Yes. Got it. Okay. Um, so that's happening, and then there's so there's the Illinois Matman, and then there's the Hawkeye Open, which I don't know who is coming. It looks like Iowa. You, you've got the list here, JD. Arizona State, South Dakota State, and Minnesota State Mankato. Yeah, that was Dude. what was on the release that I think I wrestle put out. That's not that's not ideal. That's not going to be a very good tournament. I wonder if Iowa should have just went to the new yeah, big Midlands for their purposes. Go to the Batman um, Open, Iowa. Let's go. Yeah. Um. So also coming up, um, and want to mention this. Um, we're going to be doing a special Monday show next week for the uh, Arizona State. We'll be JD and I will oh, be yeah. on location. We'll be on location in uh, the JW Marriott for uh, where we're going to be having the duel between Arizona State and Michigan. It's going to be really fun. And uh, so, yeah, looking forward to that. Just want to let you guys know that. Wow. Before we transition to anything else, let's talk a little Southern scuffle. Do we, um, well, do we want to – I made a couple potential Matman lines, just three. Do we want to hit those quick before moving on to scuffle? Definitely do. Um, tee them up for us. All right. Um, who knows exactly who all is going from every team, but – couple potential matches <laughs> that interested me. Uh, 165, Evan Wick versus Dean Hamidi Jr. Which is the line said. at? Wick, five and a half. This is this one. I saw this line. It's very interesting because it all comes down to something we haven't seen yet, which is how, how good is Hamidi on bottom? Because if he's not very good, 
it's going to get real ugly real fast. It's going to be way, way more than five and a half. Um, and I'm probably going to bet on that because it, it just, you know, Evan's going to wrestle hard pace and, and if guys are good on bottom, they can kind of usually keep it close, but if they're not good on bottom, that starts snowballing really fast. And we have not seen uh, Dean Hamidi on bottom against someone really high level at this point. I love DJ Hamidi. I think he is so awesome. I think he's going to be a multiple All-American, potentially national champion before it's all done. But I think how hard he wrestles is actually going to be a detriment to him. I think at some point, one of the exchanges goes badly for him. I think he's going to be underneath multiple times. I think he's maybe going to give up a counter takedown. I think the length and the defense, I mean, just how good Evan looked at, at Clifton Las Vegas, a freshman. Wouldn't it be Val Park 4-2? to two? Yes. Val Park um, was really good on top, and specifically with the leg ride. So. Yeah, he was that one when he wrote him out the entire third period? Yeah. Yeah, was that that was at Ve- Vegas, that right? Yeah, yeah. Park wrote Wick out the entire third, I think. So yeah, that that's a fair point, fair counter to the. So I assume you'll you'll take committee, um, but I'll take Wick to cover the your I'll line, take, which I'm I think is taking Wick. Oh, you're not going to be able to catch up with us that way, JD. You got to have some <laughs> different different predictions. I'm not buddy. down that much. We have all season. Oh, listen, if Ben is killing me, then I'm. You're just you're DOA. I mean, it's over. DOA. <laughs> All right, next one. Bernie Truax Jr. versus The Paz. I set the line at Poznanski, a two and a half point favorite. Why is Paz the favorite in this one? I, I was curious. I think maybe I should have the wrestle. Paz, Paz is good. Paz is good. Uh, but also Paz Bernie. Is, I, I, think, I think we haven't seen a ton of Bernie. Also, at 84. Bernie, Bernie at a new weight. Um, Plus, I, I'm not wrestling. I think it's about security. right. I think Paz should be the favorite in this in this scenario. Right. Let me. Um, I'm going. I'm going true. They both took fourth last year, but Paz it this way. Yeah, and I think 84 was. Well, I don't know if it was tougher. Both weights were really really I good. Say, I think we'll say a little tougher last year. So Paz is undefeated this year. He's kind of been kicking necks in for the, for the most part. He did have a five two over but Ryan Weinzen. Ranked person is a forty third. It's still a good good sign. Just you should beat those guys, and he's yeah. he's beating them. Um, I'm rolling with Paz to cover two and a half. Though that's what to cover two and a half is a big one. That's what for me. I I take I'll take the points with uh, with Truax, and he could lose. Paz could win six four, and I yeah, I, yeah, I win. Yep, and I don't I, I'm I don't know. Math. Listen, I'm just laying it out for those at home. I'm not that mathy. So when I figure it out, I like to let the other people that are bad at math know too. Ben, who are you taking? I said Truex. Okay. Well, we are one further ahead of JD. That's Let's where I go. catch you. <laughs> Do you have one more? One more. Luke Stout versus Braxton Amos. This is a weirdo. Why would we pick it on this match? I don't even know who Luke Stout is. The Princeton guy? Good. Freshman at Princeton. I'm and it's interesting because, like, I want I wanted a Braxton Amos line in there, kind of. Luke Stout is currently Luke Stout is currently ranked number twenty eight on WrestleStat. He's pretty good, man. You're He's gonna lost to Deprez and Woodley. You're gonna know this name. You should. Okay. okay. So made Amos the favorite. Gavin Although Luke's probably ranked higher, like on WrestleStat. Look at this guy. 
Look at that guy. What are you showing me? Hold on. Sorry, I'm looking at his wrestle stat. Oh, look at this look guy. At his, he got some big muscles. Look at his biceps. Mountain the problem. Then you uh, I'll him. go Amos. Yeah, I'm still going Amos, though. Is it a pick em? Or what's the... Amos one and a half. Yeah, I... Uh, I'll probably pick Braxton in almost everything, so I'll pick him. <laughs> I, think he'll, I think he'll do it. All right, that was it for... That's a fun match. So that's, I'm excited. For, you know what? Ben kind of poo-pooed it. Um, ben knows a lot of random wrestlers. I can't believe he doesn't know uh, Luke Stout. It's basically, I, if they don't wrestle an AWA guy, he doesn't know them <sighs> in high school. So uh, Luke Stout, yeah, Luke Stout was probably like a guy that like played football, so he probably didn't wrestle a lot in the offseason or some, something to that effect. So, you know, I, was he a Penn State commit that changed? Or his brother went to Penn his State. His brother, Mac. Went, Mac. Nice. He doesn't even have a track wrestling profile. I'm, I tried searching it. It doesn't come up. Very unfortunate. Hmm. Maybe he has an alias, Ben. Ha, ha, ha. Stop. Well, who, no who was it that would change? They changed their name this year. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Joel Devine. Joel Devine. Yes, was Joel, was Joel Shapiro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, throws, that does throw you off. Has. All right. Let's talk Southern Scuffle. It's uh, it's the best way to bring in the new year. I am regrettably, for the first time in my flow career, not going to be at the Southern Scuffle. Really? Very sad. Jeez. But I got to be at the January 3rd thing. I'll be uh, doing FRL with my buddy JD and then calling a match. And it wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do that if I nuked it up. So um, let's talk 165. Oh, yeah, I mean, one day after. Boom. Big math. Um, yeah. Ben Askren. And so we got Shane Griffith. Listen to 165. This is just Good. this is price of admission. Shane Griffith, Keegan O'Toole, Luke Weber, Julian Ramirez, Peyton Hall, among others, uh, and Alex Facundo for Penn State fans out there. Very excited. I like Peyton Hall a lot, and that's a little bracky bias, but I he, I think he's looked really good this year. He's been killing pretty much everyone he's wrestled. But a, but it's Keegan versus Shane. That's the match we want to see. National champion versus Keegan, who we we all think can win it. Um, talk talk about this match for for Keegan, Ben. Well, I'm I'm I mean obviously I'm biased, but I'm kind of surprised as to where JD put the line, which is negative two and a half for a tool, which that makes me a little bit nervous. You know, these guys win by well, it's because I figured three. we're a very pro Keegan podcast. If I made it a pick them. <laughs> We'd probably all go Keegan, okay, so you got to give him some points. Um, I got to Vegas, work out with baby. him. It was so much fun. He's doing some really tremendous things. He's doing some really tremendous things on the mat. Um, you know, we haven't really got to see him in a competitive match yet this year. It's it's more like, um, can this dude not get bonus? Is kind of yeah. what has been. And, and, and listen, that's not. All these dudes aren't terrible. So when I'm trying, that's number 21, Dalton Bullard, 28, Brian Meyer, uh, Clayton Ulbery, who's not terrible. Uh, you know, he obviously pinned Luke Weber. Um, so that's kind of been the story of his season. So obviously, I, I think really highly of him. Uh, I think he's going to win. I think he's probably going to win about three or more. But yes, uh, Griffith is, is tricking some of those scrambles. So, you know, there is, there's a little bit of vulnerability there. So two and a half for Keegan. My thought process was even at a point and a half, a lot of, probably all of us would still maybe take Keegan. Uh, no, I don't know what I do. I you made it too tasty for me to not take Griffith at two yeah. points. I mean, sudden victory takedown, and I I still Keegan wins and six to four, uh, as we know. 
Shakes Lawrence. That's right. Um, I'm going Griffiths too. Okay, so he jacked up the line for Keegan just so he could take it. I see what he's doing. That's how Vegas works, baby. JD's getting desperate here, but I like it. I like it. It's good line making. Okay, did you do any other other lines here? I did one for every weight. So some of them it's just pick the champ. Some of them it's not it's top seed. Champ freaking sucks because, dude, with the corona, some of these dudes might not show up. It's just not. It's not ideal. I know. Yeah. If any of our picks, I, I do think this. If any it of would our be picks, void if any of our picks, the whole weight show. has to be void. Yes, um, correct. Oh, if, if so, whoever we pick doesn't show up. Yeah, like if I if I pick if I pick Keegan to win, and you guys pick Griffith to win, and Keegan doesn't wrestle, the, the one sixty five is not. You contest. don't get credit for a Griffith. Okay, win. I, I I that's fair. Um, yeah, unless, yeah, let's do that. That seems better. Peyton Hall's 13 and 0 on the season, guys. Peyton Hall's no, Bra- Bra- Bracky's not texting me. Um, <laughs> okay. Next up. Um, but you just take this away, JD. Well, I don't see wherever the lines are or whatever. I don't see them. So you just go. I'll the week seven tab. You got um, to oh, click on the button, dog. Oh, I got to be in Excel. Got it. I'm in the dock. Google well, Sheets. I thought Killing Hall, can you ask Bracky? I thought Killing Cardinal was bumping up. Didn't they, someone say that? I don't think so. I never heard that. He's wrestled at 125 this year now. Okay. And entered at 125. Yeah. All right. Keep her moving. All right. Do we just, like want to start at 125? And yeah, that down? works. Yeah. All right. 125, kind of a fun little weight Um, at the top. It's Killian Cardinal. Pat McKee will be there. Noah Certain. Um, Joe Manchio from Columbia. No veto for Cornell. Uh, I think Greg D will Big be boo. there. Um, okay. I'm actually, so the, the, the Whitcraft line coming down. Is, kind of the line's McKee, negative three and a half against Cardinal. I'm going to pick Cardinal under that. McKee is so tough. Like, uh, so tough to gamble on. Yes, because like, I'm going he, could McKee. Tech, he could tech hard. Are you? I'm going Cardinal too. Even better. <laughs> it's it's yeah you're you're you hate whatever side you are on this bet when you're watching this match even into right. the second period you're not going to know what's going to happen oh no not until the final so whistle. that's the best part that's why we love the sport okay next up is 133 champ now who are the contenders here Rayvon Foley Chance Rich not a very good um, weight class honestly Jake Gleva Jackson Desario Tom Lee. <sighs> Man, Sean Jay Z Carter. Yeah. I'll go Over. with Chance Rich. Uh, Ray Vaughn has been struggling this year, and uh, this, this is not a very good weight class. I'll go Ray Vaughn with, with zero certainty. Okay, I'll go Rich. This match, I'm so glad that we could see this match again here at 141. A potential. Clay Carlson, Andrew Ramirez match. That was maybe one of my favorite matches of NCAA so far this year. Um, and um, you said Carlson versus the field. Wow, really? that is a lot of respect you for Clay that? Carlson. Okay, well, I'm taking the field, bro, for sure. Yeah, well, when it's not like Andrew Lears isn't a shoe in by any means to. The finals, I feel like Clay Carlson was 
probably a clear favorite. Maybe not with well, Real Woods the, the in number there. Four, the number four seed here would be number four and five are Allen Hart and Real Woods. Those guys can compete with Clay Carlson. So Absolutely. He's going to have two tough matches. I'm taking the field. Field all day. Yeah, field. All field. Day. Maybe I should have just made that one a pick a champ, but – yeah, I don't we, want to let's all... do that. No, let's do that. Let's do pick a champ. No, come I on. I want, I want an easy win here, Christian. It's not a win. We're all picking the same thing. Are you picking? What's what's JD picking? I would have gone field too. <laughs> uh, See, all right, I'll go Alvarez. Man, I'm picking so way. much to win things, and it it, it hasn't happened. It hasn't um, happened yet. One more time. I'm going. I'm I'm Do doing it. it. Alirez. Uh, I'll stick with Carlson. Carlson okay. He put the T in there. That's cool. Uh Cody Chittum. Can he place in the top four? Is the this question. Is hard. Because again, if people don't show up, I think the answer is yes. But if who shows up is supposed to show up. Come on, man. No, no, no. If, this is if he can. That's a very real question. There's a lot. 149 has is is fairly deep with with. So dudes. like, I think if Cody Chin were wrestling at the division one level right now, if you know, say the WrestleStat ranks them, wh- whoever's in the weight class, they just rank them based on the wins and losses. Um, I think he'd probably be somewhere between like a 30 and 60 guy. Kind of, that's a, I know it's a wide mm-hmm. range, but that's kind of like how I think about it. Um, so if you know the four really good guys show up. Uh, who are in this weight class? Who are so let me read it for you. Abbas, Abbas Milner, Fine Silver, Ed uh, Sherman. Even I'll say Edmund, he's probably not going to beat them dudes. But like, yeah. there's some of these guys he might beat. Like I can see him beating. Say, a, hey, this one's man. not yeah. void if there's like an injury default or something. Yeah. Uh-uh. No, this one's just. Can so you listen to this though, point? guys, because here here's the guys that are not on that list you're looking at right now, Ben. No, I'm got looking at the full. I'm looking at the Omania, Victor Voinovich, Mastro, Ben Alanis, Joe Bianchi. There's it's it's yeah. not okay, Jamie Enriquez. I'm also gonna say not top four. It's just there's there's 10, 12 like legit, yeah. really tough, tough dudes. Yeah. Um and I like Chittum a lot. I think he's a fantastic. Oh, I, I really want him to pick in the top four. Do it. Don't be scared, homie. I'm so zero. scared. Zero here. You are so scared. All right. I'm saying no, though. Okay. I would not Austin be shocked. O- I would not be shocked. I think he's got the ability. If I thing is, when's the last time he wrestled? And probably you're gonna say like last Pan week, Ams. and I missed it. Pan Ams. A couple weeks ago, but like I don't think he hit anybody because it's was junior Pan Ams. Yeah. Not, not very deep. No, not super super deep. Um shout out Kyle Russell. Um he was a he was a Pan Am champion back in the day. That was the senior level. That wasn't even the junior level. I know. I know. It's even more impressive. Mm-hmm. Okay, next up. I like this line. Austin O'Connor versus Brayton Lee. JD has Connor as a one and a half point favorite. What say you, Ben? I say yeah. I say Austin O'Connor. I do too. I agree. I think it's a takedown, takedown or two match. She could ride. You probably ride for a little bit. Is the other thing I think. Mm-hmm. I'll say Brayton covers just to be different. 
you know, like uh, I can see Braden covering for sure, but yeah, six I five, think. I win. Yep. Yes, that is right. That is right. You mathed that correctly. So we got Ben and I have Austin covering a point and a half. Different yep. JD has Brayton Lee. One seventy four champ. We're just picking the champ here. Um, and the contenders. Where's it's my fine silver? Boca, DeBoss, um, O'Malley. Lau Mako. I'm going Mako. Upset, baby. Talked oh, about boy. some strategy should... when he was home for Christmas. Talked about a couple moves. Let's go upset Mako. Which moves? Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm going Foca. Um he's gotta be like, uh, dude, I almost I should have beat the national champ, or I could have, couldn't get off I'm, the bottom. I'm gonna be real fired up. Fine Silver's not a tough out. Um, I think he maybe has the ability to beat Foca, but I'll go Foca as well. Nice. All right. 184. So Johnny Lowe beat Hunter Bullen. At, uh, I think we should do a. I think we should do a pick em on this one too because I could see Kent or Malchuski pulling an upset too. Okay, Ben's got Malchuski. I got Bolin in this well, one. I wanted to make a line. Are we gonna do a pick em? Are we? Because he has it at he has it as low versus Bolin. I I say. Um, well, if we do a yeah, pick, I think it should we... be a pick em. Okay, just pick your champ. I, I've got good. Hunter Bolin. I've got Hunter Bolin. And the slip snap. No snip snap for me. Uh, well, but for I, him. I guess I'm an idiot for oh, it'll this because be yeah. I'm gonna pick John Lowe. I was I really liked him at uh at the the duels. Um yeah, he's long and strong. <laughs> down to get it on. <laughs> Friction. Uh, All right. That that's um that's baby got back, Christian, if you don't know that song. Oh, I know that song. Um <laughs> uh, no, okay. I, he was uh, Lowe's good. He's not going to compete with the very best guys. He got kind of hammered by Brooks, and but he wrestled hard against Parker. I mean, it wasn't a blowout. It was it was six two, um, and he's got wins over Samuelson um, and Darian Roberts. So he, he he's done some solid things. There you go. Love solid things. One ninety seven. Rocky Elam, Owen Pence, Jacob Cardenas, Cardenas, Alan Clothier, uh, among others. Yeah, yeah, feels do feels do it. feels do like it. the pick. Um, yeah, I've got Rocky winning this. The bounce the Elam's back. gonna go back. Yeah, he needs a bounce back. He did not have his strongest showing at the. Yeah, I the mean, duels. he lost to uh, Trumbull. Good. I mean, Trumbull's Trumbull good. is. I know he lost to Jacob Warner, and you guys just pointed that result, but. Trumbull's going to be competing for All-American this year for sure, and he, he was a tough matchup for Rocky, and I think maybe next year, uh, next time they match up, maybe Elam doesn't pick bottom and get ridden out, and that, that could be a, a factor. I may be doing a, a flip-flop here um, because there's there's some key names that weren't weren't named here. Um, well, you've got Michael Beard has entered the chat. He's, he's entered. Um, he's an All-American. Now, Rocky beat him 5-0 last year. Don't think I forgot about that. Um, there's also um, Cam Caffey's in there. Um, there's one other tough guy in there. Tanner Sloan is also in there. Michael Foy. This is a tough. This is a pretty tough weight. 
Okay, I'm still sticking with Rocky, but I think we need <laughs> those those names needed to be said. Oh, you know who else is there? Who? Andy Smith. Oh, for God's Pokey sake. Legend. Stop. Don't you? Listen. One day you're going to see. Wait, is Cody Howard, Dakota Howard, are they related or something? Yes, they're the same person. That's how related they are. Why, why does he have two different names? It happens. Sometimes you're Benjamin, sometimes you're Ben. No, I'm always Ben. I don't know, man. <laughs> um, okay. The Stemmet brothers I'm are going also in this bracket together. Maybe we'll see that matchup again. They they wrestle at CKLV. I know. <laughs> you love to see it. I love to see it. You wrestled your brother, sort of. It was a fake match. That was a that was a real match. Come on. I mean, it wasn't in a tournament. I think we freaking wrestled. Yeah, y'all wrestled, but you were very much like. Uh... No, we wrestled, bro. It was the exhibition in nature, though. You're like, let's really let's show some of our stuff, Come dude. On. We wrestled. That's how we wrestle. I'm not like I mess with you. All right, I'm gonna. We're gonna. I want to watch through that again. It's I mean, when people, here's the, it's like, yes, it almost looks to your point. It almost looks choreographed, right? Yeah. When say of the of the previous three a thousand days, you wrestled together like 984 of them, and you know every single thing the other person does. It's gonna kind of look like that. Okay. Right. Well, it was, it was it was very entertaining. Um, heavyweight. next heavyweight, the big boys, the heavy Chevys, Zach Elam, oh, Lewis I Fernandez. I like Zach Elam, but he's been letting us down. I know who I want. Well, got a couple fan favorites here. One, Brandon Metz is is here. <laughs> Stop. And you know I love watching him. Getting electric. Um, um twenty nineteen twenty twenty scuffle twenty twenty. Yes. Um. Have you watched the West Virginia heavyweight Wolfgram? I have not. I like him. I think he's pretty did, good. Uh, I might did Bracky bring in Ollie to show him some hand fighting technique? Yeah, I wasn't, and I wasn't supposed to say that, but they did. They did. So his only loss in the year is to Riley Smith. Okay, I'm not picking him to win. Just kidding. <laughs> but he is doing good. He is doing good. I'm gonna go Elam. He might break my heart again, but I'm going. Let's go Elam. Oh, you can't feel good about any heavyweights. Um. I I'm like Fernandez. Fernandez, but he is. I'm going been... Fernandez. Okay, I like him, but he hasn't been doing as great as maybe we thought he was going to do. I just want so I I feel like most of these guys are really similar, so I'll just be a little, little different and hope yeah. for hope I get a win. Who you got, JD? Mm, yeah, good Fernandez. Fernandez. Okay, so that's the scuffle January first and second live on Flow. That's a Saturday Sunday, right? Yes. yes. I don't know. Days no. yeah, it is. Yes. a thing. Days get yes. weird over the holidays. Very strange. I'm pretty sure today's Tuesday, but I don't know that for sure. Today, today's Tuesday. Yes. Powerade, a couple. Hey, we also know it's like guys like like uh, Facundo are going to be going to mm-hmm. be there. There's some be there at 65. Good, if he does Red well, shirts. is he getting thrown into the mix, Christian? I don't think so. You got a plan? Um. Whatever you don't ask, um, I I think I can probably. Not. I mean, if he won, if he won this thing, yeah, they would wrestle him for sure. I think. Oh, if he wins it, dude, then he's top five. Yeah, they're yeah, I know. That's sure. what I'm saying. What so, if he takes fifth? That's that's where it gets. I don't think so. Because if he takes fifth, he's pretty beat a couple good dudes. If he takes fifth place, let's see. If he takes fifth place, he's beaten like a Peyton Hall, Thomas Bullard. Like that, those are some pretty good wins. Yeah, maybe you do it then. 
maybe if he beats a if he beats a Hall or if he gives Keegan or or yeah. Shane like a real match, and you're like, okay, I could absolutely so. see him beating Julian Ramirez. Okay, we'll have I to mean, calculate out his really war match statistic. Yeah, that's so. The, I, I I think this would be if the, if Creighton Edsel were here, I would think this is a competition. But oh, I man. think that he's not. Kind of tells you, I was like, they're they're pretty well set with Creighton. My thought, who knows what can anything can happen. It's in it's in Facuno's hands. If he wins it, I, wins it or has a really strong showing, I think he'd force their hand and they they would have to insert him. Okay. Powerade notes. Um, when does that start? Is that the 29th and 30th, JD? Yes. Okay. So that's going down. Um, a couple huge matches potentially. We could have Nick Feldman versus Big Jim Mullen, who uh, won our hearts at the Cadet World Team Trials. He's I a like beast. Big Jim Mullen. We like him a lot. Feldman is a different sort of uh, but dude, though. He's a different kind of problem. Yeah. I can't see him being competitive with. Feldman at the high school level right now. He was looked so impressive. No doubt. Uh, then Gabe Arnold versus Rocco Welsh uh, rematch. That was not a very fun match. It was a tiebreaker type of bout where Welsh was in on a takedown in the third and couldn't finish. And then Gabe got the ride out. Uh, but we can see the rematch there. And uh, Nick Buzakis back in the mix. So excited to watch him. A lot of Buckeye recruits for you Ohio State fans to keep an eye on there. Um, yeah, that was actually wrong. Powerade early rounds start today, but it goes through the 30th. Got it. What? A three-day high school tournament? Yeah, I think they had more entries than expected, so they expanded it. Yeah, think... look, we're live right now. Bro, that's wild. A three-day high school tournament? That's crazy. That is long. Okay. Um, question from Santiago Claus. Do you guys think Zahid will go Team Mexico like Anthony did? So if you hadn't heard, Anthony Valencia going to wrestle for Team Mexico. His brother Zahid is very good. Would he do the same? I don't see why and not. Why not, Christian? Because you want to wrestle for America. That's I better. know you do, but listen, this dude might get a world medal. He's pretty good. There's probably he probably can't beat Yazdani, and he probably can't beat David Taylor. But I, I don't even. He may be the gambling favorite against everybody. Well, probably not the Russian guy. What's his name again? Um, Karugliev? No, uh, yeah, but he's beat, hasn't he beat? He's never or lost to Miles Amin, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, he could absolutely. We, we've said, I mean, going into the 86 Olympics, we were like, how many Americans do we think could have placed or, or were yeah. Olympic medal threats? And he was one of the names. Uh, David obviously won it, but um, Zahid and Brooks and Gabe Dean, on and on and on. Trent Hydley. Miles Amin. There's a lot of you know Americans that could make noise at 86, and he's one of them. You have to. My my thought is that he's not because if he was, I feel like this would have been a joined it. joined. Well, no, just like a joined announcement. Like my brother and I gone through the steps. We're going to be rep- representing Team Mexico. The fact that it's not makes me think that he won't. But should he? I don't know. It depends what you. Do you value making just wrestling at Worlds and having a chance at a medal, or or is it more important that you represent uh, America? So I, I, I just looked in their college careers, CP. Uh, 
Zahid is six and zero against Miles Mean. Yeah. So you know, someone like that probably watches the Olympics and is like, "Man, that could have been me." So, yeah. and listen, it's ne- it's never uh, a bit of confusion on my end why guys do it, right? I'm not so you can't yeah. be surprised when it happens. I, I, I say go. I I would say go for it. That would be my. But I also think someone like your brother. Let's do it. One thing with Zahid is he is just not uh he's a he's an alpha, I and mean, a lot of these guys are. But he, I feel like he would. View that as like, man, I'm I'm sort of being deferential here by saying like I I can't beat David Taylor or I I'm worried about Bo Nickel or Aaron Brooks or these guys and I'm I, I, taking yeah. these. That that's I something that's saying that though. Head. I mean, well, the other thing is I don't even know if you're saying yeah, that you because a, a little bit you are, but essentially you're also just saying I'm gonna go to the World Championships and I don't even have to worry about for him. He doesn't have to worry about being on the team. He's gonna beat all the dudes ten nothing, um, and so he can then start. Right, because if you're Zahid Valencia right now, you're probably focusing on one thing and one thing only. That's how do I beat David Taylor? That's it. Because unless you yep. can do that, you're not on the team. It doesn't matter if you can yep. beat the Iranian or the Russian or whomever else, because if you can't beat David. You're not on the team, so it just doesn't freaking matter. And if you go to wrestle for Mexico, you never have to beat David except at the World Championships. So that can, you can think about how do I beat Miles Amin? How do I beat the Russian? How do I beat right? You can start thinking about all these things. And you're putting yourself in position to win a bunch of world medals, probably because that weight class is not very deep. Yes, um, it, it, no, the 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 logic behind it makes sense to me. Um, question here from Brian Murphy. I don't think it's that Brian Murphy of Michigan fame, uh, at least based on av- Avatar. But um, favorite things you've seen wrestlers do that def- seem to defy physics. For me, Steber's headwheel finish never made sense. It shouldn't be possible. Also, Jane's ability to hold on to an ankle when they kick out. He shouldn't be able to hang on. Man, uh, I saw this question just while we're on the show. And yeah, I mean, Jane does a handful of things that that kind of defy reality. Um, I didn't have any really good answers, though. I mean, the the one guy who I'm I'm fascinated by the way he moves, and I think uh, maybe he doesn't get credit for it, but there's kind of a lot of technical advancements he made is Mavlet Batirov. Some of the things he did were just, so amazing and i don't know i don't know if defying gravity is the right uh spencer shouldn't be as strong as he is mm, that's a good one the way he can <laughs> pull everyone's arm that's like he uses gravity to his advantage though he just like yeah yeah like some of those he doesn't do some overly complicated stuff it's like oh get a wrist and now you're on your back <laughs> more about that question uh maybe we can talk about it a little more it's a thought of that. You know, Mason Paris is dump. I'm always like, how is mm, a good he hitting these on, on giants? Like, that doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense to me. Able to do it. <laughs> From FRL listener, I finally listened to your advice. <laughs> started watching The Wire and just finished season two. Can we get a spoiler alert on any future talks about the show? Which, that's a funny question, but the, there's a funny response. to <laughs> like, no spoiler alerts for a, a 19-year-old show. But... <laughs> In this case, I will grant it because good on you, FRL listener. You have a great Twitter handle. You're watching the greatest show ever. And so we will just say spoiler alert before we talk about anything. In on the off chance that we would uh, delve into spoilers for The Wire. Hey, do you want to uh, – I've seen this now like five times on Twitter. What the hell is the – because I was looking at Kyle Dake's Twitter and it was on there. What's the PD thing? Can we talk about that or not? Did he rip some dudes off? That's what it looks know. like. 
the the less I read about that guy, the better. So I don't really know. I saw the tweets about it, but I don't yeah. know anything else. Okay. I was curious. It looked like, so it appears because then it's so Kerrigan Conan was the old guy that ripped everyone off. So it says someone said Downey versus Conan. And then I was, I was reading through uh, Dake's Twitter and it appears as though there was some scam running, but I, I didn't know. So I figured maybe you guys knew. The, the thing is, apparently he sold some singles, got paid, but didn't ship them. And I think Kyle came out and said, hey, if this happened to you, I'll, I'll send you a, a singlet of mine. Nice. Probably still ripping people off, if I had to guess. <laughs> um, criminal. I, um, hey, I got to go, Christian. We're 25 minutes over. I, I'm, I'm out. It's Monday. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We will hey, what time are we going then. next Monday? Is it normal time? Your volume's going out. No, I think it's my my AirPods are dying. Okay. No we gotta go. Listening. We'll be back next Monday. Scuffle, Powerade, Arizona State, Michigan. Can't wait for it. See you then, guys. Thank you. See ya.